Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Greetings, everyone. Hope uh, everyone's doing well. It's been a while since we've last been on, and, uh, well, not a while, just a week. <laughs> but I hope everyone's doing well and is staying cool in the hot summer. Uh, Joe cannot make it tonight, and unfortunately, Corey is on a quick little sabbatical as he has to work, but he will be back. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we are a conversational podcast by gamers for gamers about gaming. Uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing Microsoft's reorganization as they dumped Mixer and most of their stores. But before we get into that, let's head on over to our backlog beatdown and see how everybody's doing. We have JT with 83 points, Joseph with 43, Daryl with 31, Roberto doesn't count because he will not update his stuff, James McCall is 21, Garth, Gareth is 19, Tricky Meek is 17, Homer Gets Stuffed is 12, I'm at 10 because I went on a spending spree today, Gladory is at 7, Andrew Middlemoss is at 4, Jim is at 3, Dark is at 1, Joshua Craps is at 1, Simon is at 1, T-Bird is at 1, Zachary is at minus 1, Daniel Jones, aka Frosty, is minus 3, CJ Anderson is minus 7, Corey is minus 7, and Levi is minus 11. So, keep playing I might those be, games. I might be in that ballpark, because, um, that, like you said, I have to update, and I'm not going to lie, there was, the summer sales have been pretty intense, and I haven't even touched Steam yet. Um, I acquired Need for Speed Heat on the record, uh, recommendation of Corey. And there was also um, something else I acquired. I don't can't even think of the top. And I got Ori in the Blind Forest on Switch finally because I just said, you know what, I've been waiting too long for this. So, <laughs> but you know, I uh, yeah. Um, but there are a bunch of games I want to catch up on, like some VR stuff. But in any case, um, so, yeah, the uh, Steam the Steam sale has been really good. I bought like five games today. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, on top of that, there's been some shmups in there that I noticed that were like 99 cents. And I said, oh, my God, you know, I kind of I haven't bought them, but I'm just like, oh, I want to come to. I mean, it's going to count, but I kind of want to get you that. Know especially what? Shmup. You should totally wait until you get an actual new computer that will run them. Yep, it's July 4th weekend as of this recording. So I'm um, I'm thinking I'm going to definitely pull the trigger because I've waited too long. And um, yeah, you know, <laughs> um. It's about time I do so. Alright, so let's get started with uh, what we've been playing. Roberto, have you been playing anything fun this week? Uh, quite a lot. Uh, you know, it's been about, like, as you know, like a week and a half, two weeks. And um, since we were last on the show here, I'll start off with something that you and I have played. And I just started playing for the first time. Called Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Oh yeah, that was a great yeah. game. I gotta play oh. the second one. 
Yeah, so here's my case. So I am a big geek and nerd, aficionado and enthusiast. I mean, I love going to cons and things like that. I grew up in a golden age. And one of those ages was when Star Wars, the prequel trilogy was out and you had Lord of the Rings happening. Now, Star Wars was a no-brainer for me. Lord of the Rings looked cool, but I wasn't really into the whole fantasy thing. And then my sister took me to go see the Two Towers without seeing Fellowship. So she ruined like the whole experience for me because I had no idea what the heck was going on. So many years later, when I started becoming more of a, you know, openly expressive geek and, you know, was who's always enthusiastic about this stuff, I started getting into fantasy. And on top of that, during my time, uh, you know, when I was 10, 12 years old, I, I had gotten the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers game on from EA Games, and I, I still don't know what was going on, but it was still a really cool game. And that's when I decided, okay, let me get into Lord of the Rings. And thanks to Amazon, I got the Director's Cut trilogy for like 30 bucks, and it was some of the most, one of the best trilogies ever. So now, where does it boil up down to this? Shadow of Mordor, for me, was, is my first Lord of the Rings ex gameplay experience since the Two Towers on the PS2. I didn't play in the Lego ones. It was and... the only. It's the only game I've played for any kind of Middle Earth. Oh, okay. Oh man, so you you kind of missed out a bit because the two towers was just like straight up action, and there was combos and stuff, and you can be any character. And for the time, the cinematics were really cool, and also MTV had like a making up special where like Elijah Wood and um, Viggo Mortensen, like they were like talking about their time in the game, and like Viggo Mortensen's in a you know recording booth, like recording his death screams, like. When you die in the game, like, ah, you know, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so Shadow Mordor, for those that don't know, it is an action adventure, open world role-playing video game where you are a ranger who has fallen at the hand of the Black Hand, which is like, you know, an evil group in the middle of Mordor. Uh, your family's been slain too, may I add, and you, you have been banished from death, a wraith like when the ghosts in the, in, the, in the lore of the thing merges with you and it's like, we need to find out who cursed us and undo the curse. And the game starts off and, you know, you have your sword and your bow and arrow and that's it. But by 10 hours in, you start getting really addicted. So the game has something called the Nemesis system. It's a system in which in, you know, in conjunction with the lore of the game, you have to hunt down the Yurikai, which are like, you know, the, the monster soldiers from the movies. They have a rank system. They are constantly trying to kill each other to be for superiority. So your objective is to hunt them down. The, the lieutenants, the captains, the war chiefs. If you die, you don't actually die because, you know, you're banished from death, but they get stronger and they'll actually remember when they last ran into you. So you have to actually like hunt these guys down and go through a whole story. And so far, it's fantastic, Kalaya. I mean, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Oh, I I love the game. And the introduction of the Nemesis system was really, really interesting. Though it can get really hard because if you keep dying to the same character over and over again, he will get really strong. Yeah, there was like one guy... Plug, sp spill Plum, the Plumkin something, Plum... plum. Um, I don't know their names either. Don't feel yeah, bad. it was it was some <laughs> kind of yeah. Like he, I died to him three times, and by the time I got to him, I was like, okay, he, you know, he's really strong. So I had to, 
I forgot what I did. I had to like use basically. I was I was very strong too, so I had to use like blocks, uh, parries, magic powers, and really just kind of get out of that lucky. Um, it was a lot of fun though. I really um I got hooked into it and really appreciated the directions that the uh, game went. The game feels like the movies, so if you're a huge fan of the movies, uh, the that is the Hobbit and the um. Lord of the Rings trilogy, it feels very much so like the movies in its presentation from the music to the sound effects to the overall visual scope. The only real fault that I can make of this game is that you're in Mordor, which is, uh, if you're familiar, is like the volcanic mountainous region, and there isn't really much to look at other than the same grays and blues and mountainous terrain over and over again. So. Um, but yeah, it's great. So, um, so Kalai, how cool was that? Like mid boss fight with, um, after you destroyed the tower, like I forgot that guy, but he like, uh, there was like a soldier in there and it's before you go to the next zone, but, um, he calls you out and it's like, you know, I'll have your head. And the guy's like, come and take it. (laughs) You remember that at all or no? No, I played the game so long ago. (laughs) Like I said, I have the second one. I need to. I need to play. I've restarted the second one twice. Like I just, I just like haven't been able to get into it because I just there's other games I've wanted to play. Yeah, I admit this one so. took me a while, but um, to get into just because. But I just thought about like, you know, Ian Holmes, uh, as you know, who passed away. Uh, Sir Ian Holmes passed away about two weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time. So, yeah, hopefully I can platinum this one. Um, there's a couple of tricky trophies in there, but, uh, so far it is excellent, especially whether you're a Lord of the Rings fan or a fantasy nerd. Uh, yeah, definitely consider getting this one. Well, I was going to say is that it, it wasn't very difficult for me to get into the game because of the combat. I think it's probably one of the best combat mm-hmm. systems for an RPG. Yeah. So for, uh, to sum it up, it's basically Batman Arkham Asylum, but in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that was uh, some of the combos you can pull off with that are really cool. Anyways, what else have, um, yeah, what else have you been playing? Uh, all right, so this one's an N sixty four classic, and I know it's Star Wars, so it's it's. I, I don't think you're gonna. Uh, <sighs> yeah, <Okay>. I <laughs> but and on top of that, it has to deal with the first movie, which is actually well, not the first, the first movie in the prequel trilogy, the Phantom Menace. But this it's a Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast classic. This is Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. And what system are you playing this on? Because you said it's a it's a older game. Yeah, so it's on PS4, but it's also on the Nintendo Switch. Which is which had to happen because um everyone's memories of this game are specifically is going to specifically stem from their time on the N64. So, uh, I'll try and put some context here for you, Kalai. So, Star Wars has some of the coolest fans in the world, some of the worst fans in the world. It's this hot, giant, space-epic drama of a guy with daddy issues and space wizards. And giant space I've seen the movies! (laughs) Oh, okay, I didn't know. You didn't like it. You gave me the impression that you didn't. (laughs) I didn't. Well, I'm not going to tell you that I don't like something if I haven't watched it. I watched them in order from literally... One, two, three, four, five, six. I didn't watch him. Four, five, six, one, two, three. Jar Jar oh. Binks is the best character ever. 
and everything okay, else was cool. stupid. Everything else oh. was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. Okay, so you're completely familiar with that then. Okay, I, you always give me the impression you didn't watch Star Wars, but in any case, that being said, Star Wars Episode One Racer is literally a game about the racing segment of that first movie, The Phantom Menace. So, uh, you go on to all sorts of different planets and worlds, on across different tracks, and your objective is to be the fastest in the galaxy. So, it was this, you know, to, to, like looking back on it, I got the game on the N sixty four, and for some reason, like that between that and Rogue Squadron, like those cartridges and Star Fox sixty four. Those cartridges barely left the N64. I just... Something about this racing game was great. It was fast. It was different. The courses were really neat. The game didn't have any weapons. So you really had to rely on skill and also, like, piloting your, your pod racer. And so I have, a qu- I have a question for you. Why do you think I would hate this game? Because A, it's Star Wars, or B, because it's racing. Which one do you think is going to be worse for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's gonna be B. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, to be fair, I mean, you might hate the first like 10, 12, 10 levels or so because it's like it's like the amateur circuit. But um, the the you know the the gentleman the the boy you know how like I'll try and be more specific. Weenie Hunt Junior is the beginning. The beginning is Weenie Hunt Junior from SpongeBob, and um, the, by the end of that game, it's the salty spittoon. Okay, you don't watch Spongebob. So, <laughs> I can tell in your face you have no idea what I'm talking about. But, uh, okay. Basically, the boys, the men, and the Jedi were separated at the end of that game. Because it, it's the pro circuit, and then the Boonta Eve classics there, which is the race from the movie. And that can get difficult. Especially, like, some of these courses, you have to hit shortcuts. The AI will decimate you. Like, this is one course that takes place in, like, something like Sky City, kind of. And you have to, to stay on the course. You have to stay on like the second level, you, but you could lose control and go on the bottom level. If you go on the bottom level, you have to take this super long course all the way around while everyone takes a shortcut. You'll be from first place to last place in seconds. It's the most punishing thing I've ever been a part of. But um, otherwise, um, back to the point though, the game is on PS4 and Switch, and actually it's the Dreamcast slash Windows version of the game that's been remastered. So, not remade, uh, it still has the old graphics, and, but the controls are all tweaked to, you know, modern day, and yeah, so those old graphics can be a bit rough, like there's a section, like when you go into the bar or whatever, and you're making choices and stuff like that, there's like flat painted on backgrounds and stuff like that, that are like flat as hell, so uh, but seeing that the visuals are pretty cool, the sound effects are nice, and then you have animated cutscenes and things like that. So the NC24 didn't have that. It had no cutscenes. The music was kind of eh. The frame rate was lower. This one you have 60 frames per second. You have a higher sound and presentation. So yeah, it, it feels even better to play it now, just because I was one of those unlucky kids that didn't have a Dreamcast and didn't have a Windows. So um. Or I did have Windows, but it was Windows 95, and it could barely run anything, so... Um, yeah. But, in any case, uh, yeah! Still a lot of fun. Um, I would strongly recommend picking it up if you got fond memories of it, or, um, you've always wanted to kind of go run around with it, so it's it's really neat, and, uh, yeah, definitely recommended. Now, I've been the- playing 
Anything else? Oh, um, a couple more games. Uh, I, I revisited Earth Defense Force 2 on the uh, Vita. I was like kind of itching around that because uh, Earth Defense Force 6 got announced. So I was kind of like, let me go to Earth. I found my cart for the Vita for Earth Defense Force 2. And I was just like, this is cool. Like, it's it like, because me and in and, and that game, Kali, I worked at a children's museum, as you know. And sometimes on Friday nights, these museum guys were crazy. They were like, oh, we're going to be open until 9 o'clock. But I'm like, this is a children's museum. Who the heck is going to come here at, at 9 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night? And it's like, well, we have to be open for, you know, for reasons. No one never showed up, by the way. So I would just punch the cartridge in, find a spot, and just go to town fighting aliens on the go. It was it was great. Um, definitely worth picking up if you can on the Vita. Um, I have like literally ninety hours poured into it, and I'm not like thirty two percent done. So <laughs> that's a game that's gonna last you a long time. Um, also, I started i'm going to try and play more of thomas was alone it's a platformer from mike bithel one of his earliest creations which is pretty neat um i got two more games i can talk about them we'll move to you um have you heard of papers please fly no i haven't oh okay Good. yeah i think joe and Corey would have a would, would get into it because it was like one of the most popular games on the ds for the time I'm surprised I never heard of it. I played a lot of DS. Okay, so it comes from um, Lu- name the guy who made Return of the Obra Dinn, Lucas Luca, Luke, Luke, Luke. I can't remember his name. Oh God, this is horrible. But if you play Return of the Obra Dinn, it's made by this guy. The guy. I, the guy. That's on yeah. my. That's actually on my list to play, but I haven't yet. I heard it's great. It's excellent, uh, especially with the visual presentation. So, um. So, Papers, Please is an interesting game. I, I have to kind of warm up to it. So, it was on the DS originally. And, you know, so you're actually working in immigration for a fictional Soviet country. So, you can, you know, deny people, accept people. You have to make sure their, their papers are in working order. There might be criminals that come in. Uh, things like that. There's a whole story arc, apparently, towards the end. Um, there's secrets to unlock, things like that, but you have to balance out, like, you know, being warm and eating, too, so it's kind of like a, like a criticism of the Soviet, like, real-life Soviet, uh, thinking and policy and stuff like that. Um, but the three, on the DS, you, you had a, a desk on the bottom of the screen, the bottom screen, on the top you had the person trying to get into the country. So, uh, here on the Vita, it's a little it's a little stretched. Like you have to kind of like scroll up and down, but um, it is all touchscreen, and you know you actually have to hit approved or deny. You have to make sure the papers are in order. It's um, it's interesting. Like I said, it's addictive. It takes some getting used to. Uh, the trophies are a little are much difficult to find than expected, so I have to like look up a guide. But um, it's interesting if you're into like a different, more unique experience. Uh, the music's pretty. In- Cool. The visuals are really neat. Um, it seems to have like a lot of historical context too, because it's just like like I said, it's based off of old Soviet milit like Soviet Red Army, you know, thinking and stuff like that. So it might be tickle your fancy. Um, I'd say look it up on YouTube if it's your thing. And the last game I'm going to talk about is Warborn. Have you heard of that? 
That actually does sound familiar. It's a mech tactical strategy mech game. Turn based. Oh. oh, it sounds fun though. Yeah, so it's a game from PCube, and um, I'm playing more of it. And it was announced uh, sometime late last year, early this year. And what it is is you. It's a game inspired by the mech animes of the 80s and the 90s, and it has its own story. So uh, there's your like a you're a female mercenary and you take on jobs and your objective is to uh, win those jobs with your own little elite team of mechs. So uh, your character happens to have a Gundam looking mech with laser cannons and stuff. You have these little soldiers that, uh, you know, go around and it's a hexagonal grid. So some strategy games are on a tile. This one's hexagons. So you go across the hexagons, make the tactical commands that you do. You have buffs, uh, things like that. And, uh, it's it's neat, Kali. It's it's pretty cool. So I definitely say it's worth your money. The game has like an eighties anime inspired thing, like the way the the presentation, the way the characters move, the way the character the illustrations of the characters look is pretty neat. And the like the explosions, the weapons effects, things like that are pretty cool. The um the music's pretty incredible. The uh controls are pretty neat and they're accurate. They like I have no issues with any of the combat systems or anything like that, so it's definitely well worth your time. The game came out just a few weeks ago. It's on also on the Nintendo Switch, and I think honestly, the Switch version might be a little bit better because I can imagine playing it in undock mode and then using the touchscreen to make commands. Um, the PS4 you have to use the controller and stuff, and um, it's still good. But I imagine, but I always like, I don't know about you, but for me, I always found that when you play, like playing RPGs on the go or tactical turn based games are on the go are always cool. Just something about the, the sensation of being on the go away from home on an, on an adventure, even if it's just to go to the mall or something and making commands of like life and death or something like that. Do you ever get that sensation, Kali? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Kind of. I just would prefer to be at home, though, and not have to be yeah. talked to people. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a good reason there. Um, no, like I, I admit that's my Achilles heel because I I associate the Vita and the 3DS and as well as the Switch with systems that you play on the go, and I feel like if I'm home with playing those systems, like you know. It doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm not using the system as intended. Like, I feel like I need to go and sit in a park for a few hours and use the system as intended. See, I don't feel that way only because uh, I like to sit on the couch with Jim or lay on the couch. And then that gives me the ability to take my stuff and not be tethered to my desk. Yeah, that that's so. a good point. Yeah, I've been noticing that, too, because uh, just like just with, I don't know, maybe there's something cool with like sitting on the couch and playing a game versus uh you know being in a room and you can't leave the room really without you know pausing or something like that it's it's like so like but i have done that before i've gone to like the park for example and i played valhalla as you know and spent a couple hours there just to finish the game so which was totally worth it by the way because that's a great game anyways that's it for me for this week oh okay well i was gonna say anyways one of the things that i did was uh because i've been slowly playing through um role-playing game uh 
wow. Sorry, guys. It's It's been a day. Uh, and I've played on the couch, and I treated it almost like it was a, um, almost if it was a visual novel, and I just tucked under my blanket and totally played my game with my laptop. So for me, like, on the go is no big deal. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, because I'm looking at my Steam library, because I know it's a Steam game. Uh... No clue. It will come to me later. It's been a long day. I'm so sorry, everybody. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's been a long week, you know, all things considered, but yeah, but I feel you. Like, I should, I, I honestly think I should probably get into that more just because, um, you know, I, I like the Vita, the, that's a backlog I've barely been able to, to start playing um, with all the games that I have, so uh, but in any case, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's so, talk about what I yeah what I've been playing because yeah. you're gonna be proud you're gonna be proud of me. What's up? I bought and I started Sonic Generations. There we go. All right. <laughs> I told you you'd okay. be proud of me, right? Yeah. So, so um, tell so yeah go go to town. Tell me what you think. I actually really, really liked it. So, I got really lucky. It's on the Steam sale. You can buy the game with the DLC for a dollar. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, you can't pass it up. No, you can't pass it up. So, I started playing. And, of course, I played a little bit of Sonic back when Sonic was originally released on the Sega. I was never a Sonic fan. Well... I actually kind of really liked it, and the fact that you went 2D, 3D, which is really cool. Yeah, so there's a lot. That is hands down the best Sonic game um, in, in, in you know, recent memory. I mean, Forces was pretty good. I liked it personally. Everyone hates Some people didn't like it. And Mania, hands down, the best one of this generation, without a doubt. Um, I, I, wish, I just wish we had more Mania games. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, that was, this was fan- flipping tastic like i love the the celebration of what it was and the different worlds and stuff like that and and how yeah you know, like you said it went from 2d to 3d but it, like the controls what felt tight the level design felt tight everything was done with gusto and enthusiasm my favorite part of that game is um stardust speedway because that's a reference to sonic cd which to me is the best sonic game ever and that game has a lot of memories i can spend like the next hour talking about just the visuals, the gameplay, the music to that one was stupendous. It still is. And yeah, that's cool though. So um like uh any favorite levels? Have you like how far are you? Have you gotten ha- halfway or just started? I haven't gotten very far. I got oh, okay. this whole yeah, because I've been I'm I'm at a point in my like right now I'm like kinda like trying to figure out the next game I want to play. I don't know if you get into that where you like you just try, you dabble here, you dabble there, and you're like, okay. So right now I'm just dabbling. I'm I bought games off the Steam sale, and I uh, totally, uh, uh, I've been trying different games. Um, the one game, so, our good friend of the show, Levi, decided to strong army into uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, because it's $10 on the Steam sale, and he bought it for me and gave me a copy. 
So oh, nice. I started I started playing that game. I'm like an maybe an hour into the game. Maybe an hour and a half. It's it's crazy. It's 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 a it's pretty good. It's it takes a lot of use to getting used to for me because horror is just a hard genre for me. Like some horror stuff I like. This is kind of creepy and the whole storyline is kind of intriguing me, so I keep kind of wanting to play, but I can only play in short bursts. Right, yeah. I, I I've honestly been I have the gold edition myself and I've been itching to play it. Especially because my one friend who's like a brother to me is a big fan of this, the Resident Evil stuff, and I really want to play it, but it's like at the same time I'm just like, eh, you know, it's I don't know what it is. It's not that it scares me, but it's like I I I guess maybe I'm not as fond of survival horror games as I used to. So yeah, um, survival uh, survival horror is hard for me. There's like only a few games. Like I played Call of Cthulhu, which was a survival horror that I liked. Mm-hmm. I, I still didn't like. That one. Yeah, I didn't like Outcast. Outlast, Outlast, Outcast, Outcast is a bound. Outlast. I played that for five minutes and there was just too many jump scares in it for me. But like with a biohazard, you like your girlfriend, your wife disappears and you have to go find her and you're like, what is going on? It's crazy. Um, so yeah. I've, Ryan, I I've heard, been... And then I heard oh. that uh, it gets even crazier in VR and um visually i heard it's pretty it's pretty wild with things and um i mean my one friend loved it and then the dlc was pretty cool i mean in particular um uh what was it um uh like there's a one aspect of dlc that i hear turns into more of a uh more of a shooter but uh you know it's it's pretty cool considering that the engine that it's built on so um yeah it's that's pretty cool, though, that, you know, he leave our boy Levi was able to help you out and, you know, get you boosted on that. And that's cool. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to play that Call of Cthulhu and Resident Evil and somehow squeeze it in there. Um, I know. It's like know, so crazy. So uh, it's just absolutely crazy. The other game I started dabbling in, which was pretty fun, is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, which okay, is on. It, is that the. Oh, no. That's the 3D one, right? I don't know even how to describe this. Apparently there's a million of them. I'm playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. If anybody has Game Pass, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass for PC. It's actually really fun. Uh, oh, good, so okay. I kind of want to keep playing it, but I, I've only got like an hour into the game. Like, literally, I've just been bouncing. Because a lot of my time has been taken up playing Trine. Ah, okay, yeah, you were saying that, yeah. Yeah, so we beat the first trying game, had such a blast, started the second one. Second one's harder, so right now we're in the middle of the second game. And Good, okay. I'm going to have a lot more games to talk about. Do you know why? Theme Summer Sale? Besides that, even better. Uh, what? Next week is my wedding anniversary. So for our uh-huh. anniversary, Jim and I took off a week, so we're off from the 3rd all the way to the 12th. Oh, nice. Okay, great, great. I'm glad you're able to. That was able to work. You know, all things considered. You know. Yep. So we are so, staying home good. and playing games for our anniversary. Actually, good. we have one dinner reservation. That's about it. <laughs> good. Oh, that's great to hear. Good. Good. Congrats to you guys and happy anniversary and oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. So that's my plan. I'll get up in the morning while he sleeps and come over to my little computer and play my Resident Evil and my Bloodstain and stuff. So hopefully, I get through more games than I I can tell you guys. 
The only other game I've been playing, which is absolutely stupid, is Free Cell Quest, which I told you about. I yeah, I was going to say, well, your Discord is lit up with saying, play Free Cell Quest. I'm totally not playing Free Cell right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but when I saw that, I said, what, what the heck is a Free Cell Quest? Well, you know Free Cell, the, the Free Cell, the solitaire game, right? No. I, You've I, never I, played Free Cell, the solitaire game? No, listen, when it comes to card games, I'm, I am down and out. Like, I, I, the, I think the most I played was, like, War or something like that, and that's it. Um, I do not play card games at all. I just, I don't, I, I never liked them, I never liked Poker, I never liked Solitaire, I never liked Mahong, or Mahjong, I think it's called, sorry. Um, Mahjong. None of that. Mahjong. I mean, my, my. Yeah, Mahjong. Like, my grandmother was good. Like, she used to fire up the computer and I'd watch her, like, play Solitaire and then it did the little, like, card victory thing where, like, all gets in your face and stuff. Like, that was the... That was cool. Like, she was good. You know, I she probably would have uh, racked up some uh, some some bounties over in the casinos, you know? And, um, but, uh, yeah. I just... Card games are not me. Well, my father was a card game player. So him mm -hmm. and I played thousands of hours and i'm not kidding you thousands of hours of card games we at, at the age of 13 my father turned regular solitaire into a betting game and literally we would bet on the computer on money on who would win solitaire games we had this whole system going at one point i owed my dad 30 dollars. that's beside the point. Mm -hmm. so so i i just love free sell it's a free game it's a free steam game it's a free android game and they take Free Cell and combined it with an RPG. Right. So for me, it's it's a puzzle game to me. So. But besides that, that's all I've been playing. So let's go ahead and get to our topic of the show, which is Microsoft. So Microsoft announced that they were closing a whole bunch of stores, most of all of their stores. Then they went ahead and announced that they're shutting down Mixer. So it looks like, to me, it looks like Microsoft is restructuring their their entire division, their entire right. operation. Is that what it looks like to you, Roberto? Yeah, you know, it, it seems a little bit uh, all of a sudden um, with the fact that there's this, um, there's like the, these decisions are being made left and right. And even somebody had remarked and said um, that maybe. Um, just, uh, it, maybe it's, it's perhaps like they're doing this so that way they can sell, like they can sell the Xbox or they're prepared, like they're trying to make sure that the Xbox doesn't sell at a loss. That Which, was my thought. That was actually my thought on this whole entire thing is that, uh, that's one possibility is that they do want to be able to give the best price possible because remember they're not launching one console. They're launching several. Right, that too. It's it's like it's the fact that they're launching. There's a new Xbox One from what I gather, and then there's the Xbox One X. Um, and then there's the digital, the physical, the one that will take physical stuff, and the one that will take digital. So it's just kind of like, whoa, you know. Um, so it, I'd have to say that perhaps, um, it would be interesting to see what's going to happen with uh with this in this regard. I mean, there's there's a lot. To soak in and take into consideration. I mean, it was 
a shock um, unmistakably on both ends. Like with Mixer, I'll say this: like um, I didn't stream on Mixer, but I did uh, know a lot of people who really worked hard to make Mixer into something, especially in the face of Twitch and its toxicity and its that particular community. It seemed like Mixer was a place to start anew, work hard, find a real strong grip on things. Uh, I remember one of the coolest things they did, and I think this must have been back in 2019 or 18. I remember surfing Twitter, and Mixer was like, did you serve in the military? If so, um, get in touch with us here on this thread, and we'll help you out with Mixer. Like I think, like setting them up and boosting their stats or something like that, or their status. And it was great, you know, because as you know, I'm still I'm a volunteer with StackUp.org, and um, we're always working on on veterans and and also civilians, and making sure video games are a nice, healthy place, you know, to connect. And I remember, and for the veteran community, like for for veterans coming out and or, or they're still in and they're they're looking for something different. Being able to play video games and be a part of that community is great, but being a streamer is probably even better just because they can then really kind of express themselves and their video game passions, but also their status and being in the military. So Mixer was really like a refreshing thing. I, and I just, nothing but the warmest people. So when they pulled the plug like that, that broke my heart. Um, they, like people finding out midstream even that they, that they were just like, this is it. We're done after a month. And then to make matters worse, I mean, not to go off the rails here, but the fact that they folded with Facebook is just, it don't sit right with me at all. I, it's, uh, I'll leave it at that. So that, that was abrupt. And I thought, okay, you know, but then with the Microsoft stores shutting down, it, it like all of them, I'm just like, wow, they, they're just, forget about trimming the fat. They're just cutting off like, Whatever is not working no more, you know, or 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 doing what they can to cut their losses. Now, to be fair, and now to, to to observe something, today I was surfing Twitter, and not to go off topic, Sony has something called the Sony Center or the Sony Center something in New York. It was open in 2016. It was meant to show exhibits of like PlayStation and things like that for people to visit and try. Regrettably, they they permanently shut their doors as of today. Uh, do harsh like in large part due to the COVID nineteen crisis, but a lot you know their their excuses also their reasoning is that we're just gonna switch to digital because right now everyone's thinking this coronavirus thing is gonna be with us for a lot longer than we think, and we need to start you know cutting our losses and shifting paradigms now. So it, maybe we might see like more of that kind of thing happening, like maybe you know. But and th- my point being though is, yeah. It seems like Microsoft is in the middle of a way of, of cutting all, like, just getting, it, it's, it's a lot of things. Like, it could be getting their ducks in a row. They could be trying to cut their losses. They could be trying to prepare to sell the Xbox, at, at maybe not even at a profit, but not at that bad of a loss. There's a lot to take in. What do you think? Well, I think one of the things that Microsoft did was, I think Microsoft tried to compete against Things they just couldn't compete against, and that's what happened with the stores. But that we'll we'll start with the stores. So the whole point of the Microsoft Store was to compete with the the Apple Store, 
Correct. Now, Apple is a brand. You go in there, you can get a phone, you can get a computer, you can get accessories, they have Beats. I mean, basically, when you walked into a Microsoft store, they sold tablets, low-end computers, like, by low-end, I mean in the gaming standard, that you couldn't really go in and get a really good uh, gaming computer. Right. And, of course, some video games. The video games were never are always expensive. You can get them cheaper anyplace else. Like, you can go, you know, wait for a sale for GameStop. So, with the coronavirus, mm-hmm. they, I think that because they had months of not having those stores and probably having to pay out people, they just decided to shut down and stop that competition. Because they're... I, I think they're rebranding themselves to be slightly different and to to show themselves different than Apple. Because the phones never worked. Hmm. So that's what I think. Yeah. I have to agree. Because it's just... um, They... They were in that race to fight Apple. Back when, you know, remember those... I'm a Mac, I'm a PC, those commercials. Uh, And it feels... And I think also, like, they did try and branch into other things, like selling games. And I did apply for a job there to, to help sell games. And I never got the job. And... Um, but when I walked past there, there wasn't really anybody in there. And I went to, and it was at Freehold Racing Mall, which is back in the good old days before Corona was just impossibly packed. And it's just, uh, Apple Store, forget it. Just flooded with people. But then Microsoft was like, eh, no. Exactly. So, um, decent crowd. So I think it's, it, it does sound like that's, that's just the case. It's just, and then, like you said, like you have to think about the, the not just the wages of the workers, but if they are full time, their medical staff, like their medical, dental, the uh, the malls, if they're in a mall, to pay out the people who are in the mall, and uh, the, the, all those costs just add up. And I imagine it's just the money is is, is over the top. I couldn't even fathom like what they're losing. So, yeah. Yeah. Now let's go to Mixer. Mixer was created to compete against Twitch. They set up a different system on how to get paid. I mean, all you had to do with Mixer is push the game. If you, they bought the game while they were while you were streaming it, you got a cut, which was really interesting. But again, who's going to buy games when they can get them cheaper on sale through used market, you know, trading? Mm-hmm. So. I just think that they pushed Mixer in an attempt to make the digital market bigger than it was, and it just didn't work. So they just wound up having to shut it down. Now, going to Facebook, I understand why you don't like Facebook, but Facebook is something that everybody uses. We have Facebook Gaming, and to be honest, Facebook is trying to get into the gaming market. They do own the Oculus Rift, and I hate to say this, but when the Oculus Rift was competing against Steam VR, the Valve, uh, Facebook was like, we're going to drop the price and do a summer of Oculus for $3.99 and you get six games with it. I mean, you can't even get a PlayStation brand new for that price with six games. Right. So I went out and bought the Oculus. VR at the exact same time, Valve, I'm sorry, Valve at the exact same time said, no, 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 we're never going to drop our $600 price on our system because it's selling. If people want it, they buy it. So 
at least for me, like Facebook has a little bit of leeway. And I'm hoping that if they do bring these people over, they offer them good deals. They help them find an audience. And they might even find an audience because Facebook is a networking community. There's lots of gaming. There's lots of gaming pages I'm on. So it might actually work out for them. Right. Yeah. Twitch is hard to be on because pretty much now at this point on Twitch, it's like being an indie game on Steam. There's just so many indie garbage out there that you get buried in that. And I think that's a problem with Twitch. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, like, that's that's kind of the case um, with that. Uh, it's, you know, Twitch also happens to have uh, backing from Amazon. And it's like, so that's already going to be a huge aspect to try and conquer or, or, or be a, like, you know, and it's just, even though Microsoft was huge, too, it's not Amazon. So I think it's just when you have that backing um from what is the largest company on the planet where the ceo is about to be a trillionaire it's difficult to compete and uh i think that you know they gave it a good effort and they just decided and just it wasn't enough i mean and you know like you said with facebook now like facebook's another titan of a company and uh you know policies and all that aside they just they got that reach they've got and they just bought a new studio they yeah. just bought a studio. You saw that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard. Yeah, that looked pretty cool. They they bought the Order 1886. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. That was... Uh, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, exactly. So, like, Facebook isn't playing around. They're, they're stepping up their game. Now, going forward... Since Microsoft is saving all this money, I'm hoping they put that into the um, cheaper hard drives for the systems because we already know that's a proprietary system. So that's one possibility. They could dump some of that money into more Game Pass games because Game Pass is blowing up, and I think they're they're actually betting on Game Pass for the next the next uh, round of uh, uh, systems, the new consoles. What do you think? Do you think uh, is there something you would like them to put their money into a new venture, maybe for uh, Facebook uh, for for going into gaming or for uh, Microsoft to, to Microsoft? Like they have this now excessive money that they're going to be saving because they're not they're dumping oh. Mixer um, and they're dumping their stores. What do you think they should put that money into? I'd say, like, you know, Microsoft's doing okay, is pr- doing pretty okay now with the gaming front. I mean, they, they did acquire a lot of studios for their, for, under their umbrella, and they have their ID at Xbox. I'd have to say maybe just retool their existing systems. You know, I'm a believer that, like, uh, in, in what, in the philosophy of Toyota, Toyota's philosophy, you know, the car maker, they believe that you could make something great but how can you make something great even better? So uh, you have Game Pass. We've mentioned this in, you know, how Game Pass is probably one of the best things to happen in this generation. You've had uh, ID at Xbox and the Xbox Live Marketplace and the new co- companies under their umbrella. But um, how can you make that improve upon that? Can you give more resources 
to the developers, the indie developers? Can you make utilities and tools more easier for people to submit games or give them the resources to create games? Um, is there a means to discover more talent out there to be folded into the studio? So in a way um, that it's like when you think of what to pour money in, you think of a new service or a new peripheral or something like that. I think, um, I mean, HoloLens was cool, but I, I guess that didn't work out. Um, the only other thing I can think of is, is, is a handheld, but you know, that's, that's a whole nother ball game. And I don't know because it's just, you know, right now, like not to go off topic, but Apple arcade actually is shutting down, uh, which is, you know, pretty rough and wait, really? Yeah. Um, Jason Schreier and another guy at uh, uh, Bloomberg.com, they reported that Apple Arcade is not doing so hot. Apple believes, I mean, not, okay, so audience, we're just going off topic real quick. Um, the, they believe that the games that were there did not garner the attention that people are looking for. Like when people have the gotcha stuff and the free stuff, the attention rate and the numbers are much higher than buying, uh, having a subscription rate and buying a game like Shantai in the, in the Seven Sirens. Which is disappointing because Shantae is an amazing video game. I, I haven't even played it yet. So you mean Shantae? Shantae. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I apologize. Uh, way forward, Shantae. Shantae. I mean, I think of a Shanti, which was she was an R and B singer, and so, okay, Shantae. Um. Anyways, um. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's that's a that's a thing. Um, like, like I said, I could think about putting money into a, a handheld system, like people have talked about it, but then when you have a laptop, that's technically your handheld system with the game pass. Um, I can imagine, I mean, that's the only other thing I think of, but I think pouring money more into the things that you already have would be extremely effective in being able to turn Xbox and the Microsoft gaming platform into the place where you want to release games. Like, there's going to be always those developers that look at their options and think, do I want to just stay on Steam? Do I want to just, you know, do I want to just, do, or do I go to Epic Games? Do I just stay exclusive to the Switch? And the new thing now would be to turn Microsoft into the place to release games. Uh, and to give your game the best effing fighting chance to to you know be seen by people and all that like and that's something i uh, i mean uh, to wrap up that thought sony and nintendo could work on that um it, it's like nintendo's eShop is not doing so hot right now with like just the ui and finding new games and when they come up and things like that i'm always discovering something i haven't heard of before and playstation networks the same way there are games in there that are really really good that just get buried and i think that there's just got to be a better like inventory management and even now like the vita has PSN, the search engine's completely broke. You can't search for games because they don't want to update it. So um, there's a lot of that to think of. And I think that if you can try and rethink that from a design and implementation standpoint, that could be pretty cool. All right. right. You know what? You've heard us enough rambling. We're at <laughs> almost an hour. So here we go. If you do like us, subscribe and rate us. Thank you for no listening. We No questions this week? No questions. I didn't ask any questions because when I ask questions, nobody answers. But when Joe oh. or Corey ask, yeah, Corey. So we'll do questions maybe next week. I'll maybe drop a thread. We gotta give them time to refresh our questions. 
Right. If you do like us, subscribe and rate us. Uh, we're on Twitter at GameStuffCast. We have a Facebook group. Just search GameStuff Podcast. Uh, we also have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Proven Gamer. We also have a Discord server that I think we're going to keep, we're going to start trying to talk on. So if you're into Discord and want to join us, let us know. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm Kalai21. That's K A L A I, the number 21. Roberto's at jhuti88, that's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. We have Joe at Mr. TMNT, that's capital M-R, capital T-M-N-T-84. And you have Corey, which is the Grounded Gamer, double D, no E. Now, Corey is away for a couple of weeks as he has to work, and his internet is so bad that I would want to stab myself with a fork trying to upload and get get his audio. So he is taking a break. So go into the Facebook group and totally tag him in random pictures and totally go on his face his Twitter and blow his Twitter up telling him how much you miss him. <laughs> so um if you want to help us out and you don't really want to spend money, just go to provengamer.com, click on any Amazon link, do your shopping like normal. It helps our site out. It doesn't cost you any money. We are also partnered with Humble Bundle. Just you can follow the link in our show notes, head over to the Humble Bundle store and pick up games that are usually decent priced, uh, really decently priced for the PC, and of course uh, they have Switch games. It's We support the Extra Life charity, which is a charity for children, six children, so it does help out the kids. If you like our show, check out Trophy Horse. It's our flagship podcast, technically. Uh, they are the reason we are on this network. Without them, we wouldn't be here. Um, also, I want to thank Isaac Sago, who did our logo, and of course the band Take Away the Ugly. Our, their links are in my show notes. So, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. As this is the episode that happens before July 4th, I just want to wish everyone a happy July 4th and Independence Day. Wear a mask, be safe, be well, be healthy. God bless America. See you next week. May the force be with you. Take care.